0: Welcome, everyone, to the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Rodney Fisher. I'll be joined by my co-host, Royce Fisher, here in just a second. What a big, big show we got for you guys. Following week three of the NFL, this is our week three sports spice review. So much to talk about from the NFL referees and what happened on Sunday to the Monday night debacle, the catch, no catch, interception. we Dallas. to get all of that. the second your calls as well. If you're listening live to us right now, 323 927 2906. 323 927 2906 to become a part of our program. And of course, follow us online at rfsportsradio.com or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash rfsportsradio. So without further ado, in this monumental, large, huge, enormous, whatever adjective you want to use, show that we have planned for today, Let me bring on the guy whose opinion, the only opinion that we all should respect, and that's Mr. Royce Fisher. How are you, sir?
1: Good morning, Rodney. I'm a happy man today. Are you really? Yeah. I'm going to tell you why I'm happy. Uh, Christmas came a little bit early for me this year. Thanks to Time Warner Cable, I now have Red Zone and the NFL Network. Let me tell you, Sunday I was blown away Mm. by NFL Red Zone. Got to watch all nine games, man. It took me a while to get on to it because it kept changing. You know, I'm kind of old and slow. But once I got the hang of it, listen, it's great. If you don't have the NFL Red Zone, I suggest you get it.
0: Best way to watch football. Yeah, the Red Zone channel is is amazing. If you're just an NFL football fan, And if you like me, you have a short attention span. You don't like commercials. You like nothing but action, and you want to know everything that's going on. You want to watch it happen. You know, five minutes later or ten minutes later, and they when they go back to the studio from a live game, then NFL Red Zone is the best way to go. I'm a huge supporter of NFL Red Zone. I'm glad you like it too as well. I mean, do you think you can watch football any other way now?
1: Uh, Listen, no other way I could watch football. It's hard for me to watch the Monday night game, even though it's a great game. I am looking for more, more, more. And, you know, I, I had to tell my wife I now have a new mistress. It's called Red Zone NFL. <laughs> so I'm cheating on her with the Red Zone.
0: But you know what? What a day to have the Red Zone channel for the first time on, on Sunday. We got to see every game, like you said. You got to see everything that happened. And it, it was a big Sunday. It was a huge Sunday uh, for a lot of teams. We're going to get into all those games, of course, well let's start with the biggest story in sports right now this week. And we'll know we'll know how long this story will last. It's gotta be the NFL referees and starting out with what happened on Monday night before we even get into what happened on Sunday with all the coaches that are gonna be fine for their activities towards the referees. Let's talk a little bit specifically about what happened Monday night in Seattle for the Seahawks versus the Green Bay Packers and of course they catch, call the touchdown. All the to touchback. Give me your thoughts on that particular situation, what the referees did, how the NFLs handled it. Uh just give me an overall synopsis of the of the events that took place.
1: Well, Ronnie it's been a couple of days since the game and I had a lot of time to look at this and think about this. If you're a Seattle fan, you have to be happy. If you're a Green Bay Pack- Packer fan, you have to be pretty upset. Uh, it's one thing I learned from Little League football and high school football and over the years of watching football. It's one thing you do on the very last fair of the game, uh, desperation pass. The Coaches always teach you one thing, bat the ball down. And whatever you do, you don't let the other guy catch it. Uh, man, that, you're talking about a big call, a big controversy. Uh, of course, either way you want to look at it, if you're a Seattle fan, it's a catch. If you're Packers fan, it was the interception. But you don't try to intercept the ball on the very last play of the game. You knock the ball down. So I do fault Green Bay for that. But you know, it could have went either way. The problem was that two referees called it different. And listen, it was a big stink. The whole weekend was a big stink with the fish And this only just excavated and makes it even worse.
0: Well, you know, let's just go back a little bit. You know, when the when the original play happened and they both went up, I know, like you said, they, we all are taught to bat the ball down. And if you would have done that, there would have been no discussion about what we're talking about tonight. And that's a good point. I think a lot of people are missing that point that he should have bat the ball down. But not, nevertheless, when you saw that play happen and you saw the kind of possession that the uh, defensive back had, Jennings, and you saw what Golden Tate had as far as possessions, your initial thought had to be an interception. I, I would imagine it had to be, watching it just on TV.
1: Right When I first saw it, I, I thought, like everybody else, it's an interception. And uh, But at the same time, it's almost like they were wrestling for the ball. When they came to the ground, both guys had their hands on the ball. According to the rules, uh, it goes to the people that have possession of the ball. So, by the rules, it's a touchdown. By my eyesight and what I saw, it was an interception.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and people are going to think I'm joking, but my initial thought when I even first saw the play happen, saw both guys go up for the ball, was it was a touchdown. When I saw Golden take it, his hands around the ball and bring it down to him on his back, Bringing the ball down to the ground to me, that sig- that signals a touchdown right there, and and I thought for sure that was going to be a touchdown. Now, of course, it, it could go either way. You know, they 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 couldn't review the play because they can't review possession on a play like that. I know all touchdowns should be reviewed, but my my biggest concern about the referees were the way they handled the game in total. There were several plays before that play happened that really the call was. Totally wrong. That pass interference call on Green Bay was was ludicrous. That should have been an offensive pass interference. That's what gave that's what gave Seattle so many chances to make that last play happen. And, and I really think the push off that Golden Tate had against the DB should have been called as a push off. Now, in most situations, as many people would tell you, they barely call push off or call a pass interference on the offense during a hail mary hail mary play. It's kind of last play of the game. It's a fight for the ball. Exactly, exactly. But I'm really concerned about how the officials handled the game as a whole, especially the end of the game. I mean, there's no reason to have all those players from Seattle, from the bench, including P. Carroll, the head coach, all involved in this scrum, trying to find out where the ball is. Officials have to get some type of authority to push everybody back, make a, a right decision. And no way one referee should signal, signal touchdown while that one signals touchback at the same time. It should have yep. been on one page, should have made their discussion beforehand as a professional referee, and none of this would have got out of hand like it got out of hand.
1: Uh, and you're absolutely right, Ryan. I think the biggest problem was the two different two referees called it different. I think that's the big controversy. One called a touchdown, the other one did but you know, if you look back at the Detroit Tennessee game, we saw the same thing. Hail Mary passed yeah. in a regulation, but the ball was batted, and the guy caught it. So you know, like I said, that's the big difference. But it, it, not only that, there was a whole weekend of bad calls. You know, and I'm gonna blame us because they are new, they are different. But also on that point, it's just like having a substitute teacher. It's it, you know, you, you see what you can get away with. I think these guys are holding. I think these guys are uh, causing past interference. I think these guys are doing a lot of stuff online because they think they can get away with it. Because I, I do believe they have a lack of respect for these referees. Therefore, they're going to see what they can get away with. You know, Absolutely. we all have substitute teachers coming the classroom, and it's not the same as having an original teacher in the classroom. You know, kids tend to do things that they normally don't do. They see what they can get away with. I see the same thing on the field. And and, and it's a lack of respect because uh, they know what they can do. They know what they can get away with. Why not try to get away with it? You think these guys don't know. You know, and they do have a tough job. You know, they're going to get it wrong. We saw it wrong with the regular refs. And, and that happens in football. But I, the way I talk is up, that's football. You know, right. it's not the first time we've seen a call like this. It's just the way it goes. Had you been far enough ahead, and it came down to that one play, then we wouldn't even be talking about this. But I, I, I think the refs need to come back. You know, it's just looking at these refs. Some of division three schools, some of, high League, you know, high school. Some of, you know, never referee. That's a hard job to do, and I'm not giving them an excuse. I I blame the owners, too, because they're trying to save thousand These are millionaires and billionaires trying to save a couple of thousand dollars, you know, and, and that's the problem, too.
0: You know, it's, it, it, and you're right. I mean, you can't you can blame the referees because they don't know. That they shouldn't be refereeing at this level, period. Right. They shouldn't be doing it, period. Same time, as a head coach in the NFL, you got to have some restraint, which we saw a lot of coaches this weekend. Lose, they're cool. I mean, you saw Bill right. Belichick run right out there on the field to grab a referee on his arm. You saw Kyle Shanahan chase a referee at right. the game. You saw Jim Harbaugh in the referee's faces. I mean, you saw you saw a lot of. And, and, and as a head coach, your team is going to take on the attitude that right. you take. You know,
1: so natural, if, you're, if you're, right. on lines, you're on the
0: sidelines, you're on the sidelines getting all voices with the referees. You're talking bad about them. We know that they're there. We know that they are replacement referees. We know they don't know the game. As well as they should know, but if you act the fool, they're gonna act the fool too. And, and the players, I can't fault them because they they're gonna get away with it. They've been getting away with it so far this season, with especially the pass interference, especially right. the, uh, the holding, the holding, especially the uh, the uh, putting the hands on receiver after five right. yards downfield. They've been getting away with all of that, and now we starting to see this whole thing of the replacement officials rearing this ugly head because now they can't control the game. They they can't control the game, which we'll talk more about some of the other games and the out-of-control nature of what happened in some of these games, from players getting hurt, guys getting uh, neck injuries, to quarterbacks losing some of their ear in the process of the referees not getting a handle on the game. But to sum it up, let let me just give you guys some of the repercussions since this thing has happened on Monday Night Football. Of course, they have everyone in the world talking about it. And this is not just a sports story anymore, Royce. This is actually transcended over to – Politics oh, yeah. Over oh, to yeah. Uh, CNN yeah. and MSNBC. And, and now Mayor the mayor's Right. And, and, and not just that, but did you realize, this is something that people haven't talked about yet either, on that final Monday night football call, you know, when they called a touchdown, it was $150 million worth of betting in right. the balance with that call. Could you imagine if you had Green Bay to win that game? and then Seattle wins on their late game, or, or vice versa. I mean, you have, some people are pretty happy about the call, not just because they team won, but right. because they made Because they want the money.
1: money. Right. They made a
0: lot of money They call.
1: And, and you know, Rodney, you know, we're making a big deal out of it, and it is, but, you know, this is not the first time this happened in sports franchise. We've seen it in NBA games. We've seen it in baseball games, where it comes down to that last place. You know, uh, you can call it good cause, bad cause, but like you said, a lot of money lost, a lot of money won. Uh, had I known the spread, I'd have took it. You know, but we didn't know. But and then you have to give Seattle some credit because they—that's the best game I've seen them play. Just dominated the game. And from- they really dominated the game, yeah. and, and, and as far as and I played. They, I played uh, the Packers. Right. So, You know, the Plankers should have played better, you know, in order to win the game. Everybody expected them to win, but nobody expected Seattle to play that good, you know. And and it's just like boxing. Uh, You know, we see it in boxing all the time with controversial calls, you know, and they come down to to the final thing and they raise the wrong guy's hand up, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't win the fight, you know. But that's just part of sports It's something we have to live with. It could be a lot better, like I said, if if there was more respect for the referees. And like you said, the players go as the coaches go. If the coaches out on the field and yelling and screaming at the refs. Of course, the players are gonna do. But this fighting is getting out of control, man. I mean, every game we saw,
0: there was a fight, and these guys couldn't break them up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, nonetheless, Seahawks get the win. They go to two and one in the season. They're two and zero oh at home, of course, after beating the Cowboys. They win four to you know what, though? all right, just just to wrap up this game before we get to the other games, you know what, I don't feel so bad now about the Cowboys' loss to the Seahawks watching the way their defense dominated. Absolutely. You know, and I know we're going to talk about Dallas' game. They barely get a win after kind of really should have lost that game. But now I feel a little bit different about what the Seahawks were able to do against the Cowboys because that defense is, is very, very tough. Yeah, they, Yeah, they, these guys, I
1: mean, what, they sacked five times?
0: Yeah, it was in the Aaron first Rodgers quarter.
1: five times in the first quarter, wasn't it? First quarter, yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying. So,
1: So I mean, that's great
0: defense. Nobody's ever done that to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, they haven't. They haven't at all. All right, let's go ahead and jump into some of the other scores and highlights from week three. Let's start off with the Rams and the Bears. The Bears win the game 23-6. to Sam Bradford had a pretty bad day again, 18 for 35, 152 yards. No touchdowns. Steven Jackson, I don't know what's going on with him, if he's hurt or playing hurt. He's had 11 carries, 29 yards, no TDs. And, of course, Jay Cutler trying to bounce back after losing to Green Bay. 17 for 31, 183 yards with no TDs. Michael Bush carrying all the loads since, of course, uh, uh, the the other running back went down. 18 carries, 55 yards, and one TD. The Bears are 2-1 and one now. They get an easy win over the Rams. The Rams couldn't score a touchdown. Only had two field goals in the second and the third quarter. What's your opinion of the Bears after seeing them in three games?
1: Yeah, after coming off that terrible loss last week, I thought they bounced back pretty good. And, and I don't really know what's going on with St. Louis. We everybody expected them to be much better this year. Uh, they just hadn't quite got it together yet. But I, I got to give credit to the Bears. They played a great game.
0: You know what? Though I, I don't really, I'm not really anticipating the Rams being better. I know, I think they'll win a couple more games, but, man, they had so many so many holes in their team they had to fill. Right.
1: You and know, and, um,
0: and right, exactly. Well, the Rams, I'm just speaking of the Rams in general. Okay. The Rams, though, had so many holes to fill. field, you could tell by the, what they did in the draft. They let go of that number two pick, gave it to Washington, and picked up a whole bunch of picks. So they're still kind of grooming and building this team. Now, what's going to be the question mark is when they get a chance to build this team and Sam Bradford is going to be the right quarterback for the team. And so far, yeah. he hasn't really, has really had a good, good season really yet.
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing was he had nobody to throw. He didn't have any receivers. Now he does have somewhat. They're not elite receivers, but they're somewhat. But uh, it, there's something more than just Sam Bradford. I, I think, like you said, they are a lot of
0: holes to fill. Yeah, they got a lot of hope. Lot of holes to fill. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the Browns and the Buffalo Bills. you Sleeper team, the Buffalo Bills, went 24-14. to 14. Fitzpatrick, your quarterback you started on your fantasy team, was 22-35, for 35, 208 yards and three touchdowns. Now, C.J. Spiller gets hurt. Uh, he's going to be out for, they pretty much say the, remote, the remainder of the season, and so they had to give the ball to none other than Tashard Choice, ex-cowboy. 20 carries, 91 yards, wasn't bad. Uh, Of course, Stevie Johnson had a great day, seven receptions, 61 yards, one TD. Brandon Wheaton and the Cleveland Browns, again, are winless, haven't gotten a win. I I picked them to win this game. I thought they really would have a chance at home. Whedon was 27 for 43, 237 yards and one touchdown. My question is, why is he throwing the ball 43 times? You got Trent Richardson. You got other running backs you can use as well, too. But for a rookie to be throwing the ball 43 times, and i not make any sense to me.
1: And, and you're absolutely right. I don't know what caused him to do that. Like I said, Trent Richardson is your featured back. You want him to have the ball at least 25 times a game. But, you know, I picked this one. You did pick Cleveland. Yeah, I did and pick I Cleveland. Told so. <laughs> I told you so. I uh, told you so. Buffalo, keep an eye on them. They're my sleeper team. That's
0: all I got to tell you. Well, they only had one loss, and the, unfortunately that loss was a divisional game against uh, the Jets, but the Jets may just caught them off guard. But so far, they've had two big wins, and looks like the running game will be okay, if not uh, decent, with Tashar Choice and Fred Jackson supposed to be back for uh, week four. So we'll see how they can continue to run the ball and continue to win as well, too. Now the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. We watched this game somewhat, but flipping back and forth between this one and the red zone uh channel. Cowboys get the win sixteen to ten, although they may not have won this game. I mean it wasn't a great game by either team, but the Cowboys did a little bit better. The Cowboys, Tony Romo, twenty five for thirty nine, for eighty three yards, no touchdowns. Josh Freeman ten for twenty eight, which is anemic, uh, anemic performance for him. hundred and ten yards, only one touchdown carry. Lamia talks about the Cowboys game and And how in the world did they end up winning this game when they should have lost to any other team? And
1: you're absolutely right. Terrible game for not only Romo, but DeMarco Mary, what, 38 yards out of 18 attempts. Uh, Tony Romo, 25, 283 points. It's something wrong with this Cowboy team. I I expected better. I know you did, too. But let, let me tell you something. You know, according as a rat now, The quarterback rating, Tony Romo is ranked ranked number 18th with a 58% passing rating. That's terrible. That's 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 awful. So, you can put the blame on Tony, but I'm going to put the blame on coaching, you know, with all the talent the Dallas Cowboys have, you know, and we thought this was a year. Everybody thought this was a year. they're, They're terrible. The defense. Started out pretty good against the Giants. They were they were perfect, and all of a sudden they just kind of fell apart too. But Josh yeah, Freeman, yeah, had,
0: yeah. I think you got to give the defense a little uh, credit uh, because no, the, the no, defense,
1: no. See, Josh Freeman had a terrible game.
0: They did, but, but
1: yeah. Tampa Bay had a combined seventy-five yard rushing. That's that's awful.
0: I understand it, but don't you think the defense has something to do with him having a terrible game?
1: I, I, I think Josh Freeman was awful. We we've, we've seen him play better. He played better the previous week. And the defense did play better, but the offense, I mean, they're never on the same page. <laughs> but, how
0: can, I mean, but how can but how can we say a quarterback had a bad day but did not give credit to the defense for having a good game? Uh,
1: okay, I, I give them somewhat credit. I'm, just, I'm still saying that they, Freeman had a terrible game, and you would admit to that, right? Tampa Bay wasn't that great. You would admit to that. And the defense probably has something to do with it. You know, like I always say, everybody do a bad game. But what I saw at Cowboys wasn't promising.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: that's to me. I, I didn't expect Tony Romo to be ranked 18th out of all the active quarterbacks. We got Andrew Luck ahead of him. We got Kristen Ponder ahead of him. You know, poor performances from a great team. And like I say, with all his talent on the offense, what's the problem? You tell me.
0: Well, I I don't know. I I, I can't say what the offensive problem is. 38 yards rushing. I agree. I agree. I I can't say exactly what the offensive problem was because I don't know. I don't know what this team needs to do. I don't know what they need to do to get better. I don't know what they need to do to to, to improve. But you're right. DeMarco Murray was only 38 yards rushing. It's not going to get it done. Okay. Well, you know why
1: I put the blame on this one? On the offensive coordinator. Poor play calling. I mean, with all that talent, uh, it's got to be poor play calling.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I, I think it is poor play calling. I think it's definitely poor play calling on their father. And, and I don't understand you got these offensive weapons, but yet you still can't figure out how to move the ball.
1: And a no matter of the
0: they had 170 yards, five receptions. But, again, who's missing? There's Bryant. Uh, Ogletree's missing. You know, the, the, why are we not spreading the ball around? Still, Jason, we had some great – Receptions, he did a lot better than he's done before in the last two, in the last game especially. But he still had a couple drops as well too. And it's it's a coaching thing. They gotta get, they gotta, you know, a win's a win. I'm not gonna beat him up too right. bad about winning the game, but you know, it's one of those things. If if you say is there such thing as a bad win? I don't think there really is in the NFL. You take the win, you move on, and and try to figure it out next week. And no touchdown.
1: I mean, with all those weapons, and we saw Ogletree the first game, two touchdowns. The guy was wide open. You know, yeah. I, I don't understand. It. You got enough guys to spread the ball around, and, and but you can't get a passing touchdown. It's something
0: wrong there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Lions and the Titans. Another overtime game. Uh, had two overtime games this in uh, this particular, and two overtime games. Now the Lions uh, win 40, lose forty one to forty four to Tennessee. Very surprising win here. I think any one of us picked Tennessee to win, but they did get the win nonetheless. And it, this was a wild, wild, wild game. It started off with a whole replay of the of the um, uh, Music City Miracle on right. the uh, kickoff right. and uh, on the uh, punt rather, and then. And then everything got kinda kinda convoluted. It's like the the Lions on defense couldn't stop the Titans for some reason. And then vice versa. Of course the Titans couldn't stop the Lions. And then you get that Hail Mary play that young catches and they they go into overtime and then the call of of Sunday having that fourth down play, able to kick up here go to tie it up to keep playing based on the new overtime rules. And yet Coach Schwartz decides I'm going to go for it on fourth down. Now he says he didn't want to go for it on fourth down. The miscommunication was a center. Uh, To me, it looked like it was a play. It didn't look like it was a miscommunication because the quarterback didn't look surprised like he was trying to get there, although the rest of the offensive line seemed like they didn't know exactly what was going on either,
1: though. I I, I think this play is going to come back and haunt them the rest of the season. I mean, what were you thinking? This is one of those come-on-man moments. You kick the field goal, you live the player a a little bit longer. But, listen, this was one of the best games I saw Sunday. Back and forth, I was really surprised the way Tennessee played. I expected a lot out of Detroit, but this was a good dog fight. Great game, man. Could have went either way. But it was a dumb decision on Detroit's part to not go ahead and kick the field goal. I I mean, uh, Tennessee dug in their heels. I mean, fourth and inches. And they did it. So I, I think the coach would be cursing about this all
0: year. Man. it could have went either way.
1: Bad he, choice.
0: But you know, but it's one of those calls, and we say it seems like every you week. You never die by it. You it's, never die by it. You know, you never die by it. But as a coach, to say, well, it's miscommunication, we didn't want to do it, I say own up to it. You know, just say, hey, I made the call. We didn't make it. You know, you, you, can't, have it, you can't have it both ways. You can't blame the center. And then you know, try to get the try to get the whole glory when something happens good. So you can't do can't do both. Let's jump real quick into the Jaguars and the Colts. The Jags win twenty two to seventeen over the Colts. Uh, I thought the Colts would win this game. Actually, picked in a win, but of course I I'm, I could be wrong, just like anyone else. Andrew Luck, I thought I had a good day. 22 for 46, 313 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Gabbard, 10 for 21, 155 yards, and one touchdown. But this all came down to one guy. That's Maurice Jones Drew, MJD. 28 carries, 177 yards, one touchdown. It was too much for the coach to handle.
1: Yeah, Drew, the beast. You know, I did pick Andy to win this one. I thought Andrew Luck. And he he played pretty good. I will give him that. Too much Drew. My mountain drew. I'm
0: tell you, t- t- he was on fire.
1: Yeah, he had a great game,
0: absolute great game. Another overtime game. Uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. The Jets get the win, 23 to 20. After the Dolphins kicker Carpenter actually missed a chance to tie the game, a chance to win the game. Rather, than the Jets got the ball back. We're able to kick a Nick Folk field goal to win. Sanchez, 21 for 45, 306 yards, only one touchdown. Tannehill was worse than that, 16 for 36, 196 yards, zero touchdowns. Big takeaway from this game was that they lose Reggie Bush midway through the game after having five rushes for 60 yards on his way to another big day. He seems like he's going to be back in week four. But nonetheless, the Jets get the win here. And, I, you know, I don't know how you look at it because the Jets' offense still looks like it needs some assistance, although Antonio Holmes had 147 yards with no touchdowns.
1: Yeah, this was a good, ugly game. Good if you're Jets, ugly, if you're Miami. Ten had a wake-up call, welcome to the NFL. But like you said, it, it, it's a loss, really, for both teams because the Jets lose Revis
0: and yeah. Miami lose
1: Bush. It, it, you know, so that that, that uh, to me it's a loss for both guys, both teams.
0: That Derrell Revis injury is huge. the season point, ended. With him not being in this season, they're going to throw the ball all over the Jets. All over the Jets, and and, and we know that, and, and every team knows that now too. So can the Jets score enough points that they have to to keep up with, the, with whatever team they're facing?
1: Listen to my words, In about two or three weeks, we're gonna hear the name Tebow. Remember, I told you that they're gonna be wow. calling for Tebow. What do,
0: we they used, what do you think about the way they use? What think about the way they use Tebow in the game?
1: I, I thought it was terrible. I, I really did. I mean, for going for one play. Uh, At least put him in, you know, you get in the red zone. But I I, I think it's terrible. I think it's all a ploy. Like I said, I don't believe anything coming from that organization by Tebow. Uh, Bad choice for Tebow to go to that team. I thought he should have went to Jacksonville. Uh, But he he got what he asked for.
0: Yeah, he definitely got what he asked for. You're right. He's there, and they're going to have to figure out a way to use him, at least to use him in the red zone, I would think. Let's go ahead and jump to the Vikings and the 49ers. The Vikings get the win 24-13. to 13. This has got to be the upset of the NFL so far. The Vikings, out of nowhere, just come through and manhandle the 49 I mean, run the football well, throw the football well. Uh, Christian Ponder, to me, had his best game as an NFL pro. 21 for 35, 198 yards, T TDs. And one of those TDs he threw off his back foot, that I thought was excellent. I thought he really had a great game. I thought that the Vikings defense did a good job of controlling the Forty ers offense. And now we know the 49ers are not invincible. I mean they do get a lo they do lose every now and then and they lost to the Vikings. How surprised were you about this game?
1: Upset victory of the week. Everybody I mean the way San Francisco was playing, people calling them the best team in the NFC right now, but I have to question that now. The Minnesota Vikings put a whooping on them. That's all I have to say to that. It was great. But I think San Francisco lost their hearts in San Francisco because I've seen them play better, and it's just lackluster to me. Yeah. But I got to credit Minnesota with a great game, great game plan. They came out. They did what they needed to do. And and Christian Ponder just, he beat Alex Smith. I was, I was just shocked.
0: You know what, though? I think that this loss to the forty nines may be something that catapults them throughout the rest of the season. I mean, they could look at this loss and say, you know what, maybe Grand we need it. Sure. We don't take anybody for granted, not, even, that, not that even if they're the Minnesota Vikings, and we come out and we play hard every game because that's what's going to take the win in the NFL. So maybe this to kind of shake them up a little bit and get them back on track. Let's jump to the Saints and the Chiefs. The, this other overtime game I forgot about, one of three overtime games. The Saints lose. They go to 0-3. The Chiefs get the win, 27-24. Jamal Charles is back, ladies and gentlemen. 33 carries, 233 yards, one TD, had one rush for 80 yards for a touchdown. And the Chiefs play hard on the road and get the win And the Saints. The Saints have lost two games at home this season. They're starting off zero and three. How surprised are you about this? I knew they would struggle, but zero and three, losing two games at home, I, I wouldn't have thought that much.
1: Well, you know, we talked about this beginning of the season. We knew they were in trouble. Yeah, uh, the franchise was in disarray all all season. That's all we talked about with the Saints. No head coach. We know this a Drew Brees team, but Drew Brees. Can't do it by itself. I I I'm shocked. I, I think they're gonna go back to the days of who's that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just hopefully it doesn't get so bad with the uh fans start wearing bags over their
0: heads. Uh it's close. they got a pretty tough matchup again next week. We'll talk about that on Thursday show about, you know, what are their chances in terms of Having a chance to not go 0 4, but very surprised about the Saints. They got to figure out something to do. Drew Brees was very upset about some of the uh, calls during the game, as oh, were well, a lot of teams this, this uh, on Sunday. But he knows his team has got to play better. They got to do a much better job of playing better. So the Saints have got to figure it out pretty quick. Cause they're sliding down here. It doesn't seem like they have any breaks or any way to stop the slide either. Now the Redskins and the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals get the win, 38-31 to of the Redskins. Now, I really wasn't that close, in my opinion. The Bengals jumped out to a big lead on them, 24-10 to going into halftime. And Andy Dalton just had a huge game, 19-27, for 328 yards, three touchdowns. A.J. Green was awesome, nine receptions, 183 yards and one TD. Robert Griffin III, again, leading passer and leading rusher for The Redskins had 85 yards rushing, 221 yards passing. And the Redskins, they looked okay, but just couldn't hang with the Bengals. The Bengals were throwing the ball all over the field, and the Redskins' defense could never get grounded and kind of keep up with what's going on.
1: Yeah, I think the Redskins fell asleep the first half. Of course, now Cincinnati took advantage of that. We jump out to that big lead. They they did make a push and a comeback just wasn't yeah. enough. I thought Robert Griffin was great. Uh, and it's one of those games, like I said, I think they took them for granted. But uh, Cincinnati got their attention real quick, and it was just too much to come back from. I
0: thought that was a good win for Cincinnati, too. Uh, I think that's a good win. Big the Redskins win. are a good team. You know, to go on the road, the Redskins' first home game, RG3's first home game in front of their crowd, and to get a win like that I thought was – a good quality win for the Bengals to hang their hat on it, and, and moving forward, and same with The team was a playoff team, and they played like one on Sunday. I'm very impressed by what they did on Sunday. And, and you know,
1: Washington's defense is not that great. That's right. not like people right. make them out to be. They do have a great offense, but you got to have a great defense too. And I, I don't see that
0: in the Redskins. Right, I agree with you on that. Now, this this team here, we got to talk about a little bit. The Cardinals they beat the beat the Eagles. 27 to six. The Cardinals now three and zero, oh, undefeated. After winning two games at home, going on the road and beating the Patriots, now they put a whipping on the Eagles. I mean, it, it wasn't even close for the Eagles. That defense for Arizona was get, were getting at Michael Vick and beating them up all day. Kevin Cobb, 17 for 24, 222 yards and two touchdowns, and Michael Vick, 17 for 37. 217 yards and zero touchdowns, and the Eagles offense couldn't even get anything started, and the Eagles defense couldn't stop the Cardinals. How legitimate are these Arizona Cardinals? Listen, i
1: surprise team of the season. I, whoever thought that they'd be 3-0, and and uh, I think I'm more disappointed in the Philadelphia than anything, like I said, the numbers were comparable. You know, Kevin Cobb going against his old team. Uh, big dude, 13 more passes than Kevin Cobb. But the big difference here is Kevin Cobb had two touchdowns compared to Michael Vick's. None. And Michael Vick was sacked five times. Talk about defense. They manhandled Philadelphia like I've never seen them manhandled before. Uh, There's a problem in Philly, and I think it's going to cost Andy Reid his job. You know, I talked about rankings. I gave you know, I told you Tony Romo was ranked number 18th. Well, Michael Vick is worse than that. He's ranked 25th with a 38% passing rate. That that is just awful. Uh, What they should have done this offseason, we got a a lie to protect him. He has no protection whatsoever. Uh, Let's just hope he makes the (laughs) eight games but I don't see it with this offensive line and Philadelphia needs to start raising the white flag because 'cause they're
0: in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know what though we both picked the Cardinals to win this game because we knew the Eagles with so many turnovers that they were having, they were having three four turnovers a game. They had three turnovers on Five, Sunday. Six. And you know you can't you cannot keep turning the ball over and expect to win in the NFL and they finally found the team. Exported them. Now they had a great win the Ravens last week. I'm taking nothing away from that, but this Arizona Cardinals team is for real. They they are for real. That three and O is against legitimate competition. And now the NFC West, I mean, looks like a juggernaut. Now you got the Arizona Cardinals, you got the San Francisco Forty Nineers, and you got the Seattle Seahawks. Three good teams that play good defense. And, and you know, if if if
1: I'm a team and I had to go into Arizona Territory, I I'd be I'd be afraid. I mean, it's yeah. something going on in Arizona. I don't know if it's within the water, uh, uh, uh the fan. But it, it's got it's good, great for the franchise because it's like I said, seventies before they even had a three and O start.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I don't even think you even remember them being three and O in your lifetime, do you? <laughs> but uh. For them to have this much, it's great for the franchise. Great place to, you know, they had Super Bowl there. You know, it's a great place to go. But the fans have to be ecstatic. And the
0: question is, is this Arizona team for real? Yeah, I know. That's, that's a huge important. question. Huge question. But I'll tell you what, if you're an NFL team, you do not want to go west.
1: Yeah, you don't want to go to Arizona. Yeah, That'd
0: be the NFC, last place I want to go play. You don't want to go to Arizona. You don't, don't want to go to Candlestick. You don't right. want to go to Seattle. You right. know, if, you yeah, you know, if I in see industry. any of those
1: three teams on, on my schedule, I, I'm, worried.
0: I'm, yeah, I, I I'm worried. I would, too. I'm worried. I would, too. You're right. Now, this other team is 3-0 and as well. Let's see how legitimate you think these guys are. The Atlanta Falcons win 27-3 to of the Chargers. The Falcons defense shuts down the Chargers. They couldn't get anything done. Chargers are 2-1, although their wins, you could say, are questionable against some questionable teams. Rivers was terrible. 21 for 38, 173 yards, no touchdowns. Matt Ryan, again, 30 for 40, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Michael Turner had a touchdown. Uh, Gonzalez had a touchdown after having 91 yards as a tight end. So are the Falcons legitimate to you now?
1: I I, I think they are. They've always – been great in the regular season. And they go forward. I don't know that person. to be answered. I think they'd like to know answer to that themselves. But I, I, I think they're the best team in football right now. Because mm. you know, if you if you watch this team over the years, they really built this team from the ground up. I mean, they right. started with a quarterback. They built around Matt Ryan. They added the key players here, Roddy White. They had you know Michael Turner running back. The defense got better. Uh, I think this is the
0: best team in the NFL right now. Wow, that's a lot. I don't know if I put the best team in the NFL tag on them, but they're better than anybody. Well, the thing is with the Falcons is I've seen them do this before in the regular season. I've seen Matt Ryan have days like this in the regular season. I've seen Michael Turner, seen uh, Gonzalez have days like this. I've seen Julio Jones have days like this. Roddy White have days like this. The Falcons defense have days like this. But what I need to see I didn't see it all come together in the playoffs. They, say they have no playoff wins. That's Matt true. Ryan has no wins in the playoffs. This team that they put together, so good as they are, have no playoff wins, no real skins in a while. Until I see it in the playoffs, I'm a whole judgment on what the Falcons do in the regular yeah, kind season. Kind of like Tony Romo a
1: little bit, huh? All but right, there you go. Take not, the cheap shot not, at not. Romo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I will say this. Every year, if you think about the last three years, this team has gotten better and better, and better. But like you said, when it comes to the big game, they can't win it, maybe this is the year that they go over the hump. But they have gotten
0: better every year. Let's jump to the Texans and the Broncos, running a little short on time. The Texans and the Broncos, the Texans win 31-25 of the Broncos. The Broncos now are 1-2. Matt Schaub had a big game, four touchdowns, 290 yards passing. Paid Manning threw for 330 and had two touchdowns, although those were late in the fourth quarter. The Broncos tried to mount a comeback towards the end, but for some reason the defense just kind of let the, let the uh, Broncos down. They they really couldn't let anything happen. They couldn't stop anybody in the first half, and they had to get the safety to start the game off, but since then it really wasn't anything going defensively for the Broncos, and the Broncos' offense couldn't get anything done against that Texas defense. Now, of course, the Texans get the win, but Matt Sharp loses a little piece of his ear in the process, too. Tell me what you yes. think about the Texans and also what you think about the Broncos and, and, of course, the game on Sunday. Listen, this was a big test for Denver.
1: I really didn't expect them to win. They played better than expected. Like I say, they got off to a slow start. They did have a chance to win at the end of the game, not enough time and regulation. And uh, it would have been nice to see Peyton Manning do a drive last second drive win the game. It didn't happen. But it's closer than I thought it would be.
0: But Houston is a better team. And uh, the repercussion of the hit that hit, the match I took, that was one of the biggest hits I've ever seen in the NFL. Guy's helmet off, and Mays is going to get banned uh, for a little while from making that type of hit. That was a that was uncalled for, and that's part of what I'm saying about the referees losing control. Anytime a guy feels like he can hit a guy that hard, a quarterback at that, then you know. The NFL's got to get some kind of control to protect these players. Well, they, they do it because they think they can get away with it. Absolutely. The Raiders, in a surprise victory, beat the Steelers 34-31. to 31. I thought Roethlisberger had a decent day, a really good day. they 84 yards, four touchdowns. But for some reason, the Raiders' defense held up when it needed to. Carson Palmer threw with touchdowns when it needed to. And Darren McFadden, 113 yards rushing. I think that was the key to the game as well. And, and of course, the impeccable... Janet Kasky with the field goal to, to win after the Raiders rallied, scoring 20 points in the second half and 13 unanswered in the fourth quarter to get the win by three over the Steelers. I, I
1: think Oakland just played harder than Pittsburgh. I mean, it, this was a slugfest, And from my understanding, they're still celebrating in Oakland.
0: <laughs> yeah, they should be. It should be celebrating. <laughs>
1: big win. Oakland. Big win. Big win for Oakland. Uh, Pittsburgh, on the other hand, uh, no. minute come back. I think that it's kind of changed the offense a little bit. But with him uh, out, you still expect him to win. But no running back, it makes uh, Ben have to throw more. And, uh,
0: great game by Oak. And the Patriots and the Ravens to wrap up the week three scores and highlights show the Patriots lose 31-30 to against the Ravens. I picked the Ravens to win. But what a big game for Tory Smith, having to play that game Sunday night after finding out his brother passed away in an accident earlier that day. A younger brother said a brother that he raised to see him win was great and see his, see him, He such a huge part of that offense going two touchdowns was good as well, too. Um, so your thoughts on that and also the Patriots, how, how much trouble are they in going one and two now? Uh uh-huh. First, I like to wish for myrs both. I condolences to him, but great
1: game. I couldn't have wrote a better script for him. I was happy for him to get the winning touchdown and to win that game. I mean, you had to get emotional, you know, if you're a fan of game or just a person in general. Uh, New England uh, just got out played. I think Baltimore is better than them this year. I think Baltimore is the team to beat, and uh, they are my pick for the Super Bowl. New England, on the other hand, is a little banged up. Uh, they will regroup. Brady was okay, but I think Baltimore is a better team.
0: All right, guys, to join us on Thursday hey, you for one. the Giants in Carolina. Well, we talked about that on Thursday show.
1: Sure. Okay, I just
0: want to let so, you know. We want to thank well thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you tune in on Thursday night for our. World Famous NFL Pick Show. We're going to be picking week four of the NFL. And of course, we'll be getting you guys ready for Friday night for the Soto Eagles football on Friday night. And also Friday at 1 p.m. Tune into our website, rfsportsradio.com, to watch the Mavs Media Day live on the website. Until next time, we thank everyone for listening. Thank you for supporting RF Sports Radio and RFSN on TuneIn Radio. Stay tuned for more sports programming, sports talk from a fan's perspective.